Welcome. This is Efrat Sabalovsky from Why You Connects, happy to introduce Candidate, a candid conversation about today's dating life with experienced guests. Our wonderful host this evening is Rabbi Larry Rothwax, Rabbi of Congregation Beth Aaron in Teaneck, New Jersey, and Director of Professional Rabbinics at Yeshiva University. This podcast is anonymously sponsored by Eloy Nishmas Chano Chayen Ben Yako HaKohen and by the Slomo and Cindy Sylvian Foundation. Hello, my name is Larry Rothwax, and I am privileged to join today as a guest host for Candidate, the podcast by Why You Connects, which offers candid conversations about dating and relationships. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Rabbi Ellie Portel. Rabbi Portel is a Rebbe at Hafter Middle School, teaches 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. He is also a licensed clinical social worker at Ohel's Mental Health Clinic in Farakway. Rabbi Portel works as a marital therapist, as well as an individually with clients facing anxiety, depression, chronic illness, dysfunctional relationships, and traumatic histories. Rabbi Portel is passionate about helping singles and shiduchim, and particularly those that need emotional and practical help dating with a physical disability. Rabbi Portel and his wife are connectors on Why You Connects, and actually met themselves through the site. They live in Farakaway with their two sons. So welcome, Rabbi Portel. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, just just to start off, I have a tremendous amount of uh, Hakara Satov to why you connects for all that they do. Um, and obviously for being a big part in my wife and I meeting. So I just wanted to say that from the outset. Thank you. Thank you. And I think it's really amazing that uh, that you are both uh, a, 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 a beneficiary of the wonderful work at why you connects. And, and here we are here to sort of collect. Um, and to uh, ask you, if possible, uh, to share uh, some of your wisdom and experience uh, with us and with our audience. So I'm actually very excited about this conversation. It's one that I've been looking forward to, uh, first of all, because uh, I've heard so many wonderful things about you, and it's it's a personal pleasure to have the opportunity to interact with you. And I think that the topic that we're going to discuss tonight is one which is extremely important, one that is relevant, I think, to the entire population, even though it may seem as if we are targeting for the purpose of the conversation, a specific set of individuals. And I'm going to actually begin this conversation differently than I definitely than I always do. I usually start off with a bit of introduction to frame the conversation, to sort of set an agenda and start us off. But what I'd like to do is ask you, Rabbi Portel, to introduce yourself, tell us a little about yourself, and we'll use that as a way to sort of segue into our conversation. Sure. So um, my story kind of when I tell it over is a little bit longer, so it's probably not the, the best format for it, but I'm happy to direct people to where they could hear the, the full story. Uh, but I'll give it al Um I grew up here in the five towns. And when I was six years old, I had a spinal cord injury, uh, leaving me using a wheelchair from the age of six. And really from that point on, had to adjust to the new life that I had. Throughout those years, I had to really kind of adjust to what became my new normal. Obviously, we tried to do whatever we can to, you know, have a complete refuah shalema, um, but also had to adjust to kind of some of the reality on the ground um, and went through school and all those types of things, went to Eretz Yisrael, Baruch Hashem. Um, but really, probably the most difficult thing that I look back on um, about having my disability, and, you know, it almost sounds crazy, was really the the parish of Shaduchim. It was, you know, all the other things I either had the answer to or was able to accept. 
um, you know, like what needed to take place. But when it came to the parish of Shaduchim, A, you know, knowing my particular situation and that it was different, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I wasn't willing to accept kind of, you know, the, the alternatives. Um, and for me, that became extremely, extremely difficult. And I really didn't know where to turn to, who to look to, where to get guidance from. Baruch Hashem with a lot of Seattle Shmaya after dating for not a very long time, relatively. I, I always compare it to, you know, we were supposed to be in Mitzrayim for 400 years, and Akadosh Baruch Hu was Chishev Ezakeit. He basically shortened the amount of years by making it much, much more difficult to endure. And, uh, you know, I, I almost feel like I dated for 10 years, even though in reality it may have been like, I don't know, only two years or so. Because I'm glad that were... you weren't dating for 210 years. I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> uh, it, it may have felt like that in 400 years, but the idea was is that it, it was some of the most painful years in terms of just feeling a sense of hopelessness and not knowing where to turn and kind of how to move through these things. And ultimately... Again, the Yeshua came in, in uh, such a miraculous way, and really it built a strong sense of emunah that I carry today. So that's that's the story I'll ragal achas. And what I hope to do today, you know, is kind of discuss since then, being that I didn't have people that I wanted to turn to to really help get that guidance, I feel a responsibility to be able to kind of share certain experiences and give guidance and. At least once a month, we get you know several people calling out that someone's in the parsha and they have X medical issue, and how do we go about this? You know, we heard that you were matzliach somehow. So I do speak to people on a regular basis in terms of dealing with this, parents and singles that are looking to get into the to the shidduch scene. That's really I hope to give some sense of an outline in terms of what to be aware of and and how to navigate the system as difficult as it is. Thank you. So first of all, just to end this part of the conversation by speaking on, on behalf of myself, but I'm sure all of our listeners, that it is it is incredibly inspiring to hear somebody who has experienced an extraordinary uh, challenge, uh, have basically, I mean, he says from the age of six, so had to go through most of your formative years, teenage years and beyond, having to, to manage with a significant disability, rather than live with it and do what you need to do to get by, you have obviously both personally and professionally as both a Rebbe, as a mental health professional and working formally, informally in Shiduchim, you have transformed that into purpose, which is not to be taken for granted. It is truly inspiring. Thank you for sharing of yourself uh, with us in such a meaningful way. I so much appreciate that. And I actually want to really give probably a majority of the credit to my parents. And it's really the first thing that I want to discuss before I'll get to, you know, whatever it is that you wanted to bring up. And that is really to speak to the parents first, before I kind of give the guidelines to the singles, is that my parents did the most amazing job um, raising me, particularly with the difficult circumstances that were surrounding kind of, you know, the particulars of my upbringing. And they really handled a, a tremendously scion in the best way possible. To the parents out there that may have a child, it could be a six-year-old right now, it could be, you know, a 15-year-old and, you know, like they're worried about the future. My feelings are just based on my own upbringing that a parent's job and responsibility is to build the child, even if they have a very, very severe disability to just any typical child. The, the achrayas of a parent is to build up their child, to have a sense of confidence, to believe in themselves, to live up to expectations that I have. And I want to share a story that I share very, very often 
the first week that I got back from the hospital, it was Shabbos and we were sitting at the Shabbos table. I'm in a wheelchair after six months of being in rehab. And it was a little bit of a somber Shabbos and we're getting ready to clean the table. And my mom says to me, you know, Ellie, it's time to clean your table, take your plate and, you know, clean it up. And my dad like looks at my mom thinking that she's lost it, you know, like it's gotten to her. And she said, we're not going to lower the expectations just because, you know, there's a difficulty here. If we lower the expectations, then he's going to meet those lower expectations. And we're going to raise the bar and make sure that he's aware of what he's capable of and have him climb up to it, just like we are for all of our other children. And that mindset is a mindset that I think is responsible for a lot of the things that you just described. It's when the parents are able to build someone up and give them the tools of what a full life is going to look like and not lower the expectations that they have of them because of their disability, the child, the person that's going through the difficulty is much more likely to rise to the occasion. I think we could stop here, but we're not (laughs) going to uh, because you've already given us uh, so much perspective and what to think about. So all the parents out there, I know that you are listening carefully and take away what Rebelli just shared with all of us. And that is that as parents, we can and we should do all we can to promote growth and health and to raise the bar for our children and not to sell them short. I will say, and I imagine if your parents were here, they would agree with me that uh, you are giving them too much of the credit because I'm sure there must have been many, many, many challenging moments for you as well. And uh, yes, it was with their encouragement and their assistance and their perhaps uh, very, very, very strong and very uh, explicit belief in you. You know, you have really built yourself into an individual who has shown how you can transform suffering into purpose, as Rav Salavechik would say, your fate uh, into destiny. And that's, that's really incredible. I will tell you what, what, what sort of struck me uh, when you were telling your story was the fact that you, you did sort of zip through 15 plus years in a matter of uh, minutes. But you did say that the first time that you really, really encountered some exceptional difficulty was when entering uh, the Shidduch world scene process. So I'm curious why that is. How, how could it be that uh, through your childhood years, years of adolescence, going to Eretz Israel to learn and beyond. So there was, there, there, I guess there was, there was a script to follow. You sort of knew what to do, how to meet those challenges. And you did. And then suddenly you come to this place where you've never been before. And it sounds like what you're saying, you, you, you didn't really have a map. There was no guide. Um, and you had to sort of figure out why is that? So, so I, first of all, I want to correct a little bit. I, I don't want to say that I didn't experience any challenge, but certainly there's a difference in terms of the challenge. And, and when I reflect back, probably what I, again, what I would describe as the most difficult challenge was the parish of Shaddachim. I, I think the idea is that Shaddachim was the first thing where obviously everything is in the hands of their bonus but there's a certain level of you being able to put in as much effort as you want to kind of attain certain results. And then again, work on yourself in terms of a level of acceptance if those results are out of reach. When it comes to Shaduchim, by its very nature, you're in the hands of somebody else's thoughts and mindsets. And so you then have to work with the way society has an, makes an impression on everyone. And it's no secret that those with a disability are stigmatized, often thought of as less than or less capable. And when it comes to Shaduchim in particular, where there's a very, very big fear because there's a high level of commitment as there should be, um, people don't want to make a mistake or take chances in this regard. So very often in the way the Shaduch process works, so at least in the traditional yeshivish system, you have a resume, right? And any red flag, if you 
have enough potential to have enough other suggestions. What do I need this for? What do I need to entertain a possibility that could make things a lot more difficult, especially recognizing the magnitude and, and that we want this to be a, a real committed relationship? Why would I even explore an area that seems to be more, more challenging than, than the others? And that, that to me, I understood it. And a lot of it is true. You know, I, I encountered it. So in other words, on an institutional organizational level, we do have, Baruch Hashem, within our community, many groups uh, that are there to assist and to accommodate and to support individuals with all sorts of challenges. But over here, this is a unique sort of challenge because you're looking uh, to find one person who is uh, not an organization, not an institution, an individual who is being asked to essentially to, to commit to a lifetime uh, with an individual, as you pointed out, like everyone, but to a certain extent, in a very, very clear and identifiable way, will present with a unique set of challenges. So unless this is not where you want to go now, I would want to ask you, so what sort of advice would you give both to people who are in the situation in which you found yourself, namely individuals who know that they have physical disabilities, which I don't want to say they, they can't hide, they don't want to hide. It is who they are, um, it is part of who they are, and and it is there, and it will present from the outset. So how do they manage that? How do they present that best network? What can we suggest to those out there who are in the process of shidduchim themselves, have started dating or will be dating, parents out there who need to be, uh, at least consider the possibility of being open-minded and to recognize and to appreciate, you know, this is not a reason to turn around and run in the opposite direction. But uh, as your wife's not here to speak for herself, but I, I'm sure she would say quite to the contrary. This has been a, a great honor in a zuchus. And not only that, I benefit from having had the opportunity to marry my wonderful husband, right. Rebelli. A couple of things just before we, you know, like we begin exactly what you've outlined. Number one is that everything that I'm about to say now, I want to limit it specifically to a physical disability and only a physical disability, just because it's based on my own personal experience is only physically disability related. And what I mean by that is I don't work particularly and my experience wasn't having, let's say, a cognitive disadvantage or an emotional disadvantage, thank God. You may have to navigate those differently and it's not what I'm as familiar with and therefore I don't feel credentialed enough to be able to give kind of advice in that area. And also sometimes you have, and I have people that reach out that, yes, they have a physical disability, but they don't only have a physical disability. There's some cognitive limitations, there's emotional limitations, and that also very, very much changes the picture in terms of certain things. And again, something I don't feel qualified to really discuss. What I, what I want to discuss is someone that presents their, their main challenge that is an outlier here is a physical disability and everything else, you know, you would put them in the general dating pool. So that's what I'm going to be speaking to. Um, so let's start with the beginning and I'll kind of just outline a couple of bullet points that I, that I had thought are important to mention. And you can feel free to stop me kind of at any point if there's something that you want to, to get to. So I think the first thing that's most important is to understand your medical condition inside and out. Because if you're about to start the shidduch process, people are going to want to know and they should have every right to know and ask certain questions to gain a sense of comfort. And you want to be able to give them those answers. You don't want to leave things open of maybes, right? You want to be able to give as much concrete information as possible. And the only way you're going to be able to give over that information is if you know it yourself. And even if you've lived with X, Y condition your entire life, you may not know all the answers 
to all the questions, particularly the ones that people who are potentially dating you are going to want to know. So just some of the ideas are genetics. You have certain conditions that may may have a genetic component, may not. And you want to be able to discuss that and find out is there a way around that? Is there a way to navigate that particular issue? Life I would even say, I could be wrong, but it, it may be beneficial to the extent that one is comfortable to offer that information from the outset. Uh, there's certainly no need to go ahead and to share more information than somebody is seeking. But to the contrary. I mean, if, if it is known to everyone over here that I have a certain disability, and yes, people will naturally be thinking about genetics in some cases. So you may want to consider just offering that, take uh, any questions, at least in that regard, off the table, and also displays a certain amount of confidence. This is who I am. What I would say is that there's definitely a strategy in terms of kind of how to do that. And, we, and I would love to kind of even have that discussion in terms of the halachic idea of when to share what and how to share things. But I would say certainly things that would potentially be a concern and you know that they're not a concern, that should be said as soon as possible. When it comes to areas that may be a little bit more complicated, so then we can discuss mm-hmm. when would be the best time to, to say those types of things, mm-hmm. which also, you know, I, I deal with those types of situations every now and then. I, I am not saying that this is something that people should do. I'm saying that this is something that people should consider doing. At, yeah. at the end of the day, I really do believe it's up to each and every individual to decide what they're comfortable sharing when. There may be wisdom in the strategy of saying, Certain things that people may be thinking about that I know are not an issue of sort of putting that out there rather than saying, you know what, it's really not appropriate for people to be thinking that or asking that at this point in the game. Correct. And I know for myself, like when I came up with my profile that I felt was, you know, best in its in its best way, I remember saying, you know, it's, there's not a genetic component here. Again, in case someone might be thinking that to, to take it out of their mind the ability to have children, the ability to assist around the house. You Again, you want to get a sense of what are my capabilities? You know, what what do I really know my condition? Because again, you need to be in a position to be able to then answer to someone else in the best way possible. So that's step number one, before you speak to a shatka, before you speak to anyone, is to kind of make sure that you really understand your condition. So that's idea number one. The, the second idea is that Shadokim is hard in general. And a lot of the things, again, I'm going to be saying here are not exclusively, and you mentioned this before, for someone that has a physical physical disability, I think a lot of the ideas can extend to anyone in the parish of Shadokim. What I would encourage is that there's a certain level of recognition of the challenge. And I think to to deny it, to to be oblivious to the fact that your situation or your 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 journey in Shadokim might be a little different is doing yourself a disservice. There needs to be a certain level of recognition that this may be challenging. You know, this may be more challenging than even somebody else's Shadokh. It doesn't mean that it's impossible, but that there's a level of recognition that some people may be more hesitant and things like that. And I think that that's actually healthy in a certain level to, to be aware, to have a self-awareness of what the situation is. Because of that, uh, and recognizing that it may be a little bit more challenging, there isn't a, a responsibility to put in more effort about certain things. So some of the things that I encourage people that reach out is give a professional headshot, meaning it, you don't need to have the, you know, the picture of you in a mirror with your cell phone. And then, you know, taking that, that picture when already, you know, like the, you're, you're kind of working behind, not in a way of saying like your pressure that you're working behind, but th- there's an achrais to kind of tie up the loose ends that you really can. Right, and make sure that you're presenting yourself in the best way possible. Certainly, when you can, go the extra difference. So, uh, having a professional headshot, making sure to take care of yourself. Right, meaning a lot of people, you know, everyone should be working out and taking care of themselves. But again, if someone already kind of has that deficit, I think it's important to 
put in the extra effort there. You know, I can't emphasize this enough, but ha- if, if someone presents with a disability and, and they have a job versus not having a job, that makes a big impression in terms of just how the disability imp- impacted them. I, I don't want to paint with broad strokes here, but and everyone's situation is different, and I recognize that there are difficulties, but to do the best that you can. You need to do the best that you can in your situation. And particularly when it comes to Shadokim, you need to put in probably more effort than the than the typical single is going to need to put in, right? You might have one guy who could wake out of bed and didn't take a shower and has 50 resumes on his desk waiting for him to scan through. And it's not going to happen that way and really, unless you really push forward and, and put in extra uh, effort. And, and I think that's very, very important to recognize and to, to be realistic about that particular idea. Next. So this is something that I deal with a lot, and that is singles with disabilities feel a pressure to say yes. They feel a pressure to say yes. Someone says, okay, you know, let me set you up with so-and-so. And they feel like they have no right to say no. They feel like, how, how can I say no, regardless of what the reason is, right? Meaning it might be a, a, a very, very legitimate reason. Uh, but even if it's not, and again, I would, I would encourage them to say no if there's a bigger reason and not for smaller reasons, we'll get to that in a second about being open-minded, but there's this pressure of like, I have no right to say no because I'm in a challenging situation. And I want to empower people that they have every right to say, to say no, they should really follow their heart. Meaning ultimately what you're looking for is, am I interested in this person? And if you know that you're not, don't say yes, just because you're in a compromised situation or you feel like, you know, I can't do this. I, I think it'll make the dating experience miserable. And again, obviously there's a spectrum here in what we're talking about, but unfortunately I speak to so many people who say, I really don't like anything about this suggestion, but yet I still feel like I need to say yes. There's this fear of saying no. And I totally understand the fear because unfortunately, very often these people that this is being, you know, you know they're being faced with this situation don't have a lot of other options. So it's right. like, okay, should it's I say very, no? It's a very important message. And I hope that the potential Shad Khanim out there or, or actual Shad Khanim who are listening have our eyes and ears out for every member of our community, including if not especially individuals with, a dis- with disabilities, to recognize and to appreciate the wisdom that Rebelli just said. He is calling to all of our listeners to feel a sense of empowerment and to be able to determine for themselves whether this is right for me. And if you are in a position where you are suggesting a shidduch and somebody says, no, you should not for a moment allow yourself to think, how dare he, how dare she, you know, say, I'm not interested. And I don't, I hope nobody would say that, but even to think it, but quite to the contrary, you just heard Rebelli say, take care of yourself. Take responsibility for yourself. Get a job. Push yourself as much as you can. So he's he's not saying Magiali, you know, I am here, you know, to wait, wait. No, but at the same time, at the same time, I am who I am, and I deserve happiness, uh, a life of fulfillment, and that means that that I just like anyone else in the world, I'm going to look at the suggestion and say, yeah, this this sounds like it's a possibly a great idea, or no, I can tell you for sure. As people say, and another time we'll talk about, I don't like the expression, it's not shaykh, but sometimes it's really just not shaykh. And I have every right to have feelings and desires and things that are important to me, just like anybody else. And, and that's a very, very important idea. I'm going to give the, the, the flip side of that, which I also think is important. It is critically important to be open-minded in this situation. And again, I think it's always helpful to be open-minded, but particularly, again, when you recognize that this situation is a little bit more challenging. But when I say that, I don't mean say yes to things that you feel no. What I mean by that is, one of my pet peeves, is that very often, Shadchanim, 
let's say, in the general dating realm, uh, or even Shadchanim that particularly help in this particular issue, often set up people with disabilities with other people with disabilities. You know, I've had people that had, and and for me, in my particular journey, that was not something that I was interested in, both from a logistical standpoint and just, again, I know some people may feel that it's, you know, a double standard or something like that, that I didn't want to, but that's exactly what I'm speaking to is that I'm an individual and I can have feelings in terms of what I want and what I don't want. And just because I particularly have a physical disability doesn't mean I need to be okay with my own spouse having a physical disability, even though I would want someone to do the same thing for me. And and it, it may sound confusing or difficult for people to understand, but sometimes emotions are difficult and you know for people to understand. I think it's extremely important though to be open-minded. And there are many other areas outside of needing to date someone with a disability where you one can be open-minded. I also want to frame it this way, and, and on my own, own podcast, I actually did an episode on this particular topic to get the female perspective of someone who lives right by me and is a call and also a great resource for certainly anyone, um, any females out there that feel like they want to speak to someone, I'd be happy to put them together. She has a great story, and there's nothing against someone particularly dating someone with a disability, but very often, um, I think Shadkhan make this assumption that you need to be okay with dating someone with a physical disability. And there's a real possibility that you may not be. I'll just give a couple of other areas where someone can be more open-minded. All my all my other siblings, you know, they tried to date within the five towns. So, you know, like to go without, you know, outside of the five towns, I think is a fair area to be more open-minded. I have to disagree. I cannot be Cabo. That's what I'm saying. So I, I did have to work on myself, but uh, ultimately I got there. Somewhat, you know, in age difference, right? That uh, if I'm a guy, the girl needs to be younger than I am. You know, I, I beg to differ in terms of whether that's such a crit- critical idea. But again, if you feel that way, that's fine also. But I think that there are other areas where you could have that or a different upbringing. If someone, you know, wasn't brought up religious, has a different way that they were brought up, but ultimately you're in the same place and want to go the same places. I think that's a, a fair place to be open-minded. And again, these are my personal, you know, ideas where I felt I was able to be more open-minded, long distance relationships. I think all these for me were areas that I was more comfortable being open-minded in. And I, and again, I, I recognized that I needed to be more open-minded, but not necessarily in the way that other people felt I needed to be open-minded. These are the ultimate places where I came to. I'm yeah. sure you would agree with this. Everyone needs to be open-minded and all the examples that you just mentioned, you know, yeah. and these are ideas that we have shared on this podcast before, you know, people do themselves a great disservice when they are thinking in too, in too much of a, a narrow way and their perspectives are very, very limited and what they're willing to consider. And they limit their, their options, not only for dates, but just, you know, for ultimately achieving, achieving success in life. So what you're saying is not only the Hamonam. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, unfortunately there are some people that actually don't need to be, I think everyone can benefit from being open-minded. Not everyone necessarily needs to be. And, but there are very, very select few that don't need to be, mm-hmm. but just as a person developing and just for so many areas in life to be open-minded is something that everyone sh- should and can benefit from. So then we get into the topic of needing to date someone else with a disability. And again, this is more of, I want to validate people that have a disability and feel like, does this mean that I need to date? Very often I get that question. Does this mean that I need to date someone else with a disability because I have a disability? Um, And it's a tricky question because again, most of the Shadchanim, this is kind of the way they think, they'll come up with an idea and very often they'll say, okay, there's this great guy. He has this and this and this. 
who do I know that has such and such and such, you know, issue? You know, it's kind of like the way the mind works a little bit. I've spoken to a lot of Shah Khanim about this. And I would say it, it, it's a very, very difficult situation. And you, you really have to fight and, and, and know what you want. And again, I, I know plenty of people who didn't say, okay, because I have a disability, I need to end up marrying someone that has a disability. But, but this particular area, and I don't have, again, the perfect answers to a lot of the issues based on the way the system is set up right now people that are helping people with physical disabilities, they kind of want to go that route because they think that it's the easiest approach. And I would say is that it does, it does not need to be that way. And I certainly validate the feelings of someone feeling like, I, I feel like this is my only route to go. There are other options and there are plenty of people that have gone other ways. You just need to find someone that can appreciate uh, you for who you are. And that includes both your potential spouse as well as the shot themselves that's willing to kind of be more open-minded like they want you to be. Thank you. Spend a couple of minutes addressing uh, the our listeners who do not have physical disabilities, and uh, are, like I said before, are on any stage in the process, pre or I would say even post shiduchim, for the purpose of facilitating other shiduchim, as we should all try to do, uh, to address this community and to talk about, from your perspective, where we get it wrong, you know, how we can benefit from being open-minded as well. So, so here's what I'll say, and this is kind of, throughout my process, I never blamed anyone in the community. I actually totally understood where they're coming from. And likely if I didn't have a disability, I'd probably be just as closed-minded, you know, like in terms of probably saying no to, to most people with disabilities. So I'm not a champion of the cause in terms of saying you, you should be. Probably a much better person to ask that question to is my wife. Baruch Hashem is very happy. Um, and, and, when cl- we and, clearly, and clearly very special. <laughs> yes, and clearly right. very special. But there's no question that there are other people out there like your wife. They may not know that yet about themselves. Um, I firmly believe that there's nothing that you can say which will convince all of our all of our listeners, or even most of them, uh, that this is something that they should even be open to. Right. But at the same time, I do believe that there are others out there who may not even realize about themselves that this is something that they can and should be open to. So what I would say is that it's very important to kind of do your best to evaluate a person on their merits and not based on preconceived notions or um, stereotypes within a, you know, a particular description. So very often we don't allow ourselves to even do the research. Like we've heard of one potential red flag that could be, and we don't even want to learn more information. There's no harm in trying to gain the full picture and just basically evaluate any suggestion on its actual merits as opposed to kind of judgments that you're drawing to. That's number one. Number two is that when someone kind of, there's two people that have reached out to me kind of that have uh, two males that have a disability and there's something about them that sometimes someone calls me up and they have a disability and, you know, I, I feel bad for the situation, but I don't necessarily have like this greatest feeling about like the overall prospect because of certain areas that we discussed before. Maybe let's say they don't have a job or I sense that there are certain cognitive limitations, but some of the people that I've just recently spoken to have a job, have everything together, are accomplished. And in that sense, I leave feeling like this person is a greater catch than any other person. Why? Because they've gone through adversity. They've gone through difficult times and they've been able to come out on top just as successful as any of their peers that didn't have the same challenges. And that's the type of person that you want to kind of go through life with that knows how to handle the type of adversity that comes with life. That particular point that I'm bringing up is probably the greatest plus in, in, in this area. When you've seen someone that's gone through challenges 
and knows how to traverse those challenges. That's something that I think everyone should be looking for when they're looking for a prospective match, because there are going to be difficulties in life. There are going to be difficulties in marriage. And you want to make sure that you have the emotional capability, the, the strength, the perseverance, the resilience to be able to get through those. And someone that's made it through life and has come out accomplished after all that difficulty is certainly a prime candidate, no pun intended, for someone that I think is worthwhile to go out with. I so appreciate that. A disability can be not just a, an ability, but it could be a super ability. Uh, you're looking at a person who has been able to overcome, as you said, some significant challenges um, and has succeeded and is therefore more trained, skilled, and prepared to deal with the challenges that you will encounter in life. Not maybe, not possibly, not if, you will, because it is part of life. And here you're looking at a person who has literally uh, succeeded and overcome and persevered, uh, and how many other, whether it's 19, 20, 21, 25, 30-year-olds can say, oh yeah, I've done that as well. Uh, so, uh, excellent. You know, yeah, uh, on any job interview, they ask you, name me a time where you've encountered difficulty and how you managed it. So, right. you know, if you want to think of this as a job interview, and I can't think of a greater difficulty that's very, very clear in the face that, you know, you've, you've passed the tests. And again, you want to make sure that you're looking out for that emotional intelligence and all those other key factors. But once you've gone, kind of gone through that process of really seeing what it is, and you see that all of those milers they have, plus this idea that they've gotten through it with extreme adversity, I think is, is puts them on top of anyone else. The actual uh, uh, dating process itself, everything from planning dates, scheduling dates, preparing for dates, transportation that's involved, any, any thoughts that, again, would, would be appropriately uh, addressed in, in, in this conversation, uh, whether it's you know tips and suggestions, things to look out for, things to be mindful of. You know, when I prepared for, for dates, um, I, I think I went out with five girls in total. And when I prepared for dates and certainly my first dates and things like that, I wanted to make sure that everything was kind of planned out to the T so that I, I didn't want to be pronouncing, you know, what I viewed then as my deficiencies. So um, I think it's a smart idea and a responsible idea to go ahead and check out the place that you're going to go to before. Again, uh, particularly for me, I use a wheelchair. So I want to make sure that there's no steps that I have to go and that, that, you know, there, you know, there's a ramp and there's access and all those types of things so that it could work smoothly. You know, Baruch Hashem, I happened to drive and was able to drive on my dates. Not everyone has that ability. Very often, a lot of people that I speak to that aren't able to drive, they will use an Uber to pick things up. Um, again, I can't speak to that in particular because that's not my lived experience, but I, I definitely have worked with a lot of singles that have, have gone that route. But I think preparation and making sure that you are certainly in the beginning, because what we're, I'm going to discuss a little bit um, soon, not to scare anyone, you know, the scariest words anyone could say is I'll get to that later in a, in a speech. But um, <laughs> in the be very beginning, you want to do as much as you can to not pronounce any deficiencies. It's okay. They'll see what they see, but you don't want to kind of draw attention to those things. And if certainly if you can avoid it at the, at the beginning, I would strongly encourage that. Set, set yourself up for success. Set yourself up for success. Exactly. Um, I want to go back just a, a couple of ideas because I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of go through the whole process. When it comes to Shidduchim, I think it's extremely important to keep all avenues for Shidduch suggestions open. So that means websites. And again, to anyone listening, I highly, highly, highly recommend uh, making an account on Why You Connect. 
That means shidduch events, shadchanim, both regular and regular shadchanim, Shabbos meals, work, school, wedding, friends, because the, the biggest difficulty is the exposure, certainly if you're in the traditional shidduch system and you want to try and get as much exposure as possible so that people could see you and ultimately in the best light um, is what you want. And you, you you need to advocate for yourself. You need to make an effort to reach out. I, I remember, again, I was very, very determined in this process. I remember when I was on YU Connects, I reached out to every single shotgun or almost every single shotgun. I think there are about 120 of them. And I just gave a brief thing. I said, you know, can I speak to you for a couple of minutes? And I gave them just a little bit of a spiel and wanted to put myself on their radar so that they could be looking out for me. Um, you know, and had a conversation with them, just told them what I'm up to, what I'm looking for, where I'm up to in life. And quite frankly, how to navigate because some of them are not familiar with like what they needed to know in terms of how to, to how to navigate the situation. I told them what I think would be the best way, you know, to kind of give myself the best chance. But I think it's extremely important to advocate for yourself. And also, you know, I know my parents did the same thing. I think that they were at a loss a little bit because it was very different than the way my other siblings, my other brothers had dated. But but ultimately, you know, they were they were doing everything that they could have. And I was also, you know, I, I think doing everything I could to to make sure that I was putting my best foot forward. I'll keep I'll I'll try and keep like running through a couple of ideas because I just it is so important to make sure that you find a shotgun that sees your value. And again, extra important in this case. If there's a shotgun that views you as okay, you know, like here's this nebuch and let me try and get him set up. I don't want that person setting me up. I don't want that person reaching out to anyone on my behalf. You need to get someone who feels like, wow, this is a great person because then they will be able to give that over when they make that suggestion. I, I, I'm going to be so bold as to say, I don't think that you're doing a chesed in terms of trying to set people up if you don't actually value the person because what you could be doing is just kind of perpetuating your own view, which is not positive about this person. And so I think it's important to make sure that you find people, particularly shadchanim, that actually see your value. Now, where does this come up? Because a shadchan may feel like, well, you know, I feel a little bit uncomfortable setting someone up in a wheelchair with someone up that's not in a wheelchair because then the person that's not in the wheelchair is going to be insulted. Like, what are you doing setting me up in a wheelchair? Part of that shows that they didn't really understand what your greatness was, right? Part of that shows that they were only viewing you as someone in a wheelchair. If you truly believed, right, that this person is worth it, right, then you wouldn't feel as badly. It's not as black and white as I, I just phrased it, but I think the idea is extremely, extremely important. And I could say that there are a couple of Shadchanim that I worked with that I, where I genuinely felt like they appreciated and valued who I was for who I was and not for, you know, checking off the disability box. Self-care. Self-care is extremely important because said I mentioned that this was probably the, the hardest thing that I've gone through. It started to call into question my own worth. You know, I was I, I felt so rejected because my whole shidduch experience needed to be so different than all my brothers, right? When, you know, for the most part, things weren't so different other than this particular point. I felt rejected. I felt like people didn't value me because I had this disability. And it's important to be able to take care of yourself and make sure that you do things that allow you to recognize your value. You're valuable, even though, unfortunately, sometimes the system highlights feelings of insecurities um, or feelings where people don't value as much. Um, and it's so important to take care of yourself, to have someone that you could speak to that can highlight your value. Um, take care of yourself, go on trips, do projects, you know, work, learning, whatever it is that you need to do. It's so, so crucial critically important to not let this kind of derail your life that everything starts to fall apart. 
Um, and this is probably the biggest issue that that I, I really try and be careful of when I'm dealing with people is making sure that they recognize that they are they have value, that they are important. And just because they're facing rejection, sometimes only because of their disability does not limit their value and, and what they should think about themselves. And it's a very, very hard area to work on. This is obviously much easier said than done, but extremely, extremely important. Your very wise words can and should be uh, taken to heart by, by everyone out there. Uh, there are many, many people who are struggling in life in general and in the in the, in the shidduch process, not necessarily because they have a physical disability, just in general. And uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you use the word the system. We're not looking to blame individuals, but the system, the way it currently exists, uh, can be really, really, really tough and really rough. And having to navigate one's way through that can, can mean constant injuries to one's self-esteem. And that takes a toll. And if you're not uh, managing that by taking care of yourself and reminding yourself of your own and self-worth, then um, you're going to get bruised in the process, uh, which will only further, you know, obstruct the, the path, you know, towards the finish line that, that, that you know, that, that, you're, that you're trying to reach. And so really, really, really important again. And I, I hope not to say this again, uh, everyone out there, everyone out there should and could be drawing from your incredible words of, of wisdom and insight. Okay, thank you. And and uh, I'm I'm nervous here. I'm not sure how we're doing on timing. Hopefully, your your editors will be okay with this. I know what it's like to run a podcast with with the timing. But um, I'm going to take us now, kind of like to the end. You know, in terms of what the relationship looks like, particularly from my story, but you know how I kind of coach people. Uh, one of the things that I think is critically critically important is to be able to be relaxed on dates. Uh, it happens to be I set some up, someone up that had a disability with someone that did not have a disability. But throughout all of his dates, he was so nervous about being in the other person's head of like, what is this person thinking? Why are they thinking? You know, how are they thinking that he wasn't able to be himself at all? Like after every single date, he's like, did you ask her like why she's what, you know, like what she's feeling, what she's, you know, and it didn't give any room for a relationship to progress naturally. And it's very, very hard to kind of calm your nerves because you are anxious, you you are caring. And again, so many of the things that I'm saying, like you just pointed out, are shy to everyone, right? You know, this is to everyone dating. I think that all these issues are on steroids kind of when it comes to mm -hmm. someone with a physical disability. And, it, and it's so, so important to be able to get to a level. Yeah, just, yeah. just relax, okay. Smell the flowers, blow out yeah. the candles. I did ask my wife before we got married, like, what are you thinking? I did, you know, and again, I was thinking that at, at many points, but her answer was actually, she felt a certain level of confidence that I gave off, that I wasn't as nervous about so many different things. And that actually was what was most attractive to her. Um, and so again, I, I can't stress this part enough and it's, it requires work and is important to work on. But if you can give off an aura of confidence, that is one of the most attractive things that you can give off when it comes to dating and when it comes to any type of interpersonal relationship. Not, yeah. not a sense of arrogance, but a sense of confidence. Right. And, and here she is, not even realizing as she's facing her future husband, feeling almost confused. Here's a person sitting here, wheelchair bound, and is displaying a sense of confidence with who he is and where he is. Uh, more so than perhaps I've seen in other people that are, you'll, you'll forgive me, fully able-bodied. And, and that is 
it, it shouldn't be a paradox, but that is something which is which is probably not what she was expecting and made her feel very secure. Here, here's something, you know, we had spoken before about when you start off a date, you kind of want to not highlight some of the deficiencies, but as a relationship progresses, and if you're thinking about engagement or those types of things, which Amir Tashem, everyone should have that experience of thinking about them and ultimately getting engaged and being able to, to build the house that they want. It is so critical. And again, this is true of everyone, but more so here to make sure that every nuance, every detail is thoroughly communicated. Uh, the things that you're self-conscious about, you do not want to leave those unsaid and we'll figure that out after we get engaged. We'll figure that out once we're married. Those are things that need to and must be discussed beforehand. Um, if you're thinking it, it should be said. And when I work with couples and, and if I'm kind of uh, giving advice to anyone, it, it's that there should not be anything left unsaid before you're ready to get engaged. That if, if you are ready to make that commitment of getting engaged, there should not be any information that is not disclosed. And there may be more details that you had not talked about prior to that point. But if you're thinking about engagement, it's critical to make sure that those issues are discussed because ultimately it will come out. And if it comes out much later, it will be much, much worse for the sake of the relationship and its potential ability to continue. So that, uh, again, I can't stress enough. And, and finally, this is the last point that I want to make. And then um, if you have any follow-ups, I'd be happy to, to address them. It is so important to have a mentor, a guide, someone that you could speak to throughout this process. Again, like we said, this is true for everyone, but here in particular, and I'm just going to emphasize one particular point. Your emotions play with you, especially when you feel like you're falling in love or you may be falling in love or you know you have strong feelings towards a person and you want to make sure that you have kind of an objective voice that can be the outside eye of what your experience is because sometimes our emotions at those ideas or even just the thought of like, you know, I may have found the one can be blinding. And you want to make sure that you're not overlooking things because you finally found someone that was willing to marry you, right? You want to make sure that you're not overlooking things that could be big issues because you're, you're just so excited that you may have finally found the one and this road has been so difficult and it finally could come to an end. It's, it's so, so critical to make sure that, and the only way to really properly kind of address this particular emotional difficulty is to really discuss it with someone else, is to make sure that you have someone else that's not feeling as, you know, butterfly in the stomach type of feeling that can look at the situation for what it is and say, okay, this I think is an issue, this I don't think is an issue, I think you're totally fine, you know, but it's very, very common for people to overlook things kind of when they feel a relationship building and it's important to kind of just be in touch with yourself by speaking to others to make sure that you are really looking at things, not just from a mere emotional lens, but also from a practical uh, and really thought out perspective. Yes. So that is what yeah. I have prepared. Yeah, um, that's all you have prepared. Uh, Rabbi Portel, I'm going to end the way I started. And that is that uh, it is a personal honor. I know that I speak on behalf of everybody who's had the opportunity to hear you. Uh, it, you're you're a very inspiring individual. You have given each and every one of us uh, an opportunity to reflect upon who we are, uh, how we identify ourselves, and looking for ways to just be the best version of ourselves. And uh, what you've been able to uh, to accomplish and to share with us uh, is truly extraordinary, very inspiring, very instructive. Uh, you gave us so much 
practical information to uh, to deal with. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, everything you shared uh, is uh, pearls of wisdom. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who will who'll go back and listen to this uh, more than once. So thank you very much. Thank you for your time. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today. And we look forward to future conversations with you here at Candidate. Thank you to our gracious hosts and guests this evening. Please email us at yuconnects at yu.edu to suggest future dating and relationship building topics and guests for your enjoyment candidate at why you connects.